Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Illuminate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Lindsay Hine, and today you're listening to episode 107, and we're doing something a little bit different this week. We thought maybe we'd take a break week for the holidays. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. But instead, we decided to release our most recent episode that we published on Patreon. So yes, we started a Patreon page for this podcast. If you are a loyal listener and love the show and feel like this is something that you'd like to do, we'd love to have your support behind the show on Patreon. We're going to be doing a book club over there. And we all read for this past month the book Educated by Tara Westover, which holy moly, that book was so, so good. So you'll hear from all five of the hosts on the show discussing that book in this episode that we published on Patreon. And we thought we'd give it to you here so you can see, is this something that would interest me? Would I be into following along and reading books with this group and then listening to the discussions afterwards? Uh, For the next book for our book club, we're going to be reading I Am a Girl from Africa. It's by Elizabeth Naya Mayoro. And we'll be discussing that book for our January Patreon episode. So that so these book club episodes where will from here on out just go over on Patreon. Uh, and if you are enjoying this podcast, leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. That is one of the best ways potential new listeners can find us. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. You can learn more about that network at sandyboyproductions.com. All right, friends, enjoy the show. Hello, and thank you for being a patron on the Illuminate Podcast Patreon page. This is the first of many book club bonus episodes that all five hosts are really excited to bring to you. In each Illuminate Podcast episode, we have our guests share books that they are reading right now. We've been compiling that list, and we are excited to be tackling one book every month for the foreseeable future so that you have a bonus book club episode every month right here. In this one, we are reading Educated by Tara Westover. This book is really a story, a memoir of the life of education and how this one in particular person got through life with and without education. We have a really organic conversation, all five of us hosts, and we cannot wait to hear what you think and what comments you put after watching and listening to this episode, this book club episode. By the way, I'm one of your hosts, I'm Emmy, and in this episode, you'll hear first from Lindsay, and then the whole rest of the crew is all there, Kristen, Emma, Miriam, and myself. So thank you again for being a patron, and enjoy this first ever bonus book club episode. Hello. Friends of the Illuminate podcast, we are so excited to have you here today. We decided, the hosts of the show decided that we would do a monthly book club here and uh, share it with you all here on Patreon. And we're really excited about it. The book we picked this month, and um, this is Lindsay, by the way, one of the hosts talking. Um, The book we picked this month was Educated by Tara Westover. And Man, I've been wanting to read this book for so long. And so when we decided this was the pick for the book club, I was really excited because it gave me the nudge I needed to to read it. Okay, so we have Emmy, Emma, Kristen, Miriam, and myself on the line. 
Have we all read the book? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Just finished it like yesterday. <laughs> okay. So interestingly enough, I shared that I was reading it on Instagram and one of um, one of my friends on Instagram said she knows the Westover family. What? Really? Wow. Her husband went to college with Tyler, one of the brothers at Purdue. Wow. The smart brother. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, after reading this story, can you imagine meeting, you know, like, meeting one of the, it's not even, it's like a character in the book, but these are real yeah. humans. Yes. It was one of those books I had to keep reminding myself, even though it's nonfiction, like I had to keep reminding myself, like, this isn't fiction. You know, I, throughout the book, I kept Mm -hmm. thinking like, this was just a story and then had to keep reminding my memoir, like about her life, which was wild. So then to to meet the people in person would really put that into perspective. I feel like the second car accident that they got in when they were driving from Wait, is it, is it the dad's mom's house in Arizona? Yes. Yeah. What, it's like, I'm like, how did this happen again? This can't be real. Mm-hmm. Driving in the middle of the night, another accident. Has anybody read the glass castle? No, no, no but I, I've, I've heard of it. So I read it probably 10 years ago. So it's like not super fresh in my memory, but I feel like there are some like pretty big similarities. Um, I think the glass castle has a little bit more like family, um, like physical abuse. And I, mm. that's weird to say, cause there's obviously lots of physical abuse in the story as well. Um, but yeah, it reminded me of that. And also my sister wrote a sort of memoir about her husband's life. Like she wrote it with him through him and through interviewing his siblings and stuff. And, um, it, that, watching her do walk through that process really made me think as I was reading the book, like, you know, at the end of each chapter, a lot of times Tara, the author would say like, this is how I remembered it. Or like Mm -hmm. someone might've remembered it differently. And seeing my sister walk through writing this book about her husband's life. I very much like felt that because I remember how much she struggled with that. Cause she was like, well, this is how he remembered it, but this is how his sister remembered it. So I'm mm-hmm. sure that was like very challenging to write for Tara. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm sure we can all probably relate to that because I have arguments with my siblings about our childhood memories often. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's not how it happened. Or you were wearing this or mom and dad said that. So I think, I think it's a good reminder that our memories are really interpretations of like our perceptions and like what our understanding of the world was or like our relationships were in that moment. For sure. Well, and sometimes, you know, I feel like people get further away from a memory or a situation and then it's recalled differently. Has anybody heard, um, someone also messaged me this. This is why I love posting what I'm reading on social media, because then people bring things up. And someone said, have you listened to Tara's interview on Oprah? Oprah had her on her podcast. No, but that sounds like it's going to be good. (laughs) Yeah. I bet that what I'll be listening to tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. I felt like, you know, I think, go for it. Okay. 
No, I, you know, I think one of the things that I left with is in some ways an appreciation for the opportunities that I had. And, mm. you know, I just like thinking about how, you know, I was thinking about that dance class that, or the, the dance that she was in, and then they had to, you know, rearrange the costumes at the end for it to be modest enough for her. And then it, even though it was a big sweatshirt, she felt like she couldn't actually dance in the way that she wanted to, but also that she just didn't go to school and mm -hmm. didn't have some of those things. And so it did kind of make me reflect a bit on, oh, I had these opportunities or I had these opportunities and that was just normal for me. That was exactly the same lines I was going to go down. It's like the reality of how much we have to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. But also the it made me think twice about the students in my classes. Mm -hmm. I don't know their stories. And th this book was recommended to me by um, the episode with Dr. Bertice Berry. And we had been talking that whole episode about the power of storytelling. And so once you read the book, it makes total sense why she recommended this one because there's such a deeper story underneath it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, similar to that, I thought the same thing when she moved, just moved in to college with the roommates and how she was kind of like seen as like almost repulsive because she wasn't washing her hands. She wasn't um, throwing out rotten food. She wasn't doing things that just come kind of naturally to a lot of us. And that that put into perspective a lot for me of like, when you're quick to judge someone like that, like, how don't you realize that that's gross or like, why would you do something this way? And it made me think of just like how we all come to every situation with our own, like how we were brought up, how we were taught and how it's all different. And like, we're quick to judge based on how we were brought up. And like, I don't know that that scene just really put that in perspective of, for me of like not being so quick to judge. Cause like someone might not have the same understanding of what I think is right, wrong or whatever. Well, that, and to be able, like those roommates were like 19, you know what I mean? Like we see that now and process that, but like at 19, you're kind of still in that, like really you're young and you just might not handle it with as much like grace as yeah. you know, and it seems like her roommates did really well, but I'm just like, would I be proud of how I treated a roommate mm. like that at 19? I don't know that I can say I would have been. I don't know how I how I would have handled that. Totally. So going forward, what it like, what did everybody take away from? I don't know. Like I, I keep thinking like, what's Tara doing now? She doesn't really mm -hmm. have a social media presence. I tried to stalk her. She's written a lot of books. She has great education. She's studied in really cool places. You know, she, she, to turn around and reading, like the fact that she got her doctorate, that is just the hardest thing I've ever done. And to see where she came from without an yeah. education and then getting that education and getting it at Oxford, that just, it showed the power of when you have someone who believes in you. She had that mm -hmm. professor who believed in her. Mm -hmm. She had those people that would push her. That was such a, you know, my big takeaways were you don't know other people's life stories, so yeah. shut up and be quiet mm -hmm. and get out of the way. And the other one was you have so much power when you believe in someone and encourage someone. Mm -hmm. And 
that was really, I don't know, she also made some really hard decisions. I don't feel like I could have made the decision to distance myself from my family, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. while I'm reading, I'm asking myself, why is she still showing up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She must be, you know, it's crazy. I was thinking about this when I was reading it. She must be so, so intelligent and smart. And there's like a lot of genetics that play into that. But like that, it seemed like that comes from her dad, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what's interesting. Um, I think three out of these, I think seven siblings actually ended up getting their doctorates, which I think is pretty mm-hmm. amazing wow. in any family, let yeah. alone you know, what their background is and what their, you know, access to education was like. So I think you're right that there is obviously something in the way they were brought up or the way they were encouraged to learn that got them to, got them, you know, by hook or by crook, I guess, to where they, where they ended up, Mm -hmm. uh, at least some of them. Do you think it talks about the power of real life learning? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think also a takeaway kind of um, jumping on on what Emmy said was just how like I the a very vivid scene is like when she was trying to change her clothes and um, trying to fit in in school. But she mm. was like, I've done jobs that these people never will do. Like, I'm never going to be them. And I think the takeaway I took from that is like, um, I don't know how to put it in a, in a like a specific um message, but more like you don't have to look a certain way or be a certain, be a part of a certain mold or whatever to like accomplish certain things. Like she was putting those limitations on herself when she clearly fit and was like the top of, you know, one of those professors said, this is the best essay I've ever read. And that like shocked her. And she was like, I don't fit in. So it's almost like imposter syndrome that we all, like a lot of us experience and just like that was a lot of proof of like you don't have to have a certain path or a certain fit a certain mold to accomplish like the highest level too I agree and I think imposter syndrome is like it's kind of like a um a big word you know a big term right now like everybody's talking about it I was literally just feeling that today though when I was interviewing someone I was like what what, who am I to like interview you? Like, I don't know anything about this. Like, what am I doing here? And so I think that even though, yeah, it's like a, it's a hot button word right now. It's like really real. Like so many of us feel it. And I'm sure that, you know, I know you guys probably, some of you guys in your big jobs, I like look at some of you guys in your big fancy jobs. And I think, do you feel that ever? Because I feel like you're just super smart and good at what you do. You know, it's funny you say that. We get a lot of, around this time of year, a lot of emails from graduate students that are doing their research. And the last four that I've gotten revolve around imposter syndrome. Hmm. It is That's so wild. interesting. I mean, music in itself is very intimidating. It's a lot like podcasting. You're putting yourself out there. You don't know what people are going to think. Do you deserve to be the one doing this interview? Mm-hmm. Someone could do it better. There's so many elements of imposter syndrome that line up directly in performing arts. And so there's, you know, studying imposter syndrome in teachers, studying imposter syndrome in first year music students. And it's interesting to see, it goes back to, do we think that's something that could be encouraged if she had had more life experiences in school instead of just real life experiences? Could she have been better equipped? 
I, I, I'm thinking about it all from a teacher perspective, but the book rattled my bones. I just was constantly thinking. You know, I think the other thing, her father, you know, like she wrote a couple of articles and she's been interviewed a couple of times since. And she's, she said something that sort of made me reflect on you can miss somebody so much, but not want them in your life. And it sounds like, you know, that's something that she said about her father, but even thinking about, you know, so he's what a rat, they call him a radical survival, survivalist. And, but he didn't grow up in a house like that. Like his mom thought his actions were so strange. So it's like, where, what was the, what sort of kind of drove him into the paranoia and to pursuing a life like that? Cause it wasn't how he was raised. Hmm. I mean, it's the bipolar disorder, right? Which was really interesting how she like came to realize that's what was actually going on. Like she learned what bipolar disorder was in college. Yeah. And then she's like, holy crap, this is what my dad suffers from, which a puts it into like perspective, like, oh, he's like actually mentally ill. So I think that like made her understand her dad a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. instead of just like labeling him as like this crazy wild dad who put her in danger all the time. Like there's actually a mental health thing going on. And mm-hmm. also she was, she was smart enough to realize, and by then educated enough to realize like he needs medicine for this but there's no way he's going to take medicine for this. No. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, can you imagine going your whole childhood up until college, just thinking like that's the way it is. And then coming to that epiphany and realizing, Oh, he's like truly mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did I get out? Like, how, how am I, how did mm-hmm. I not, you know, like, and then you question like, do I have bipolar disorder? I'm sure that those, those thoughts come into your head as well. Can I ask the moms in the room a question? I had a hard time with the mom figure. I I like, I don't have kids, so I have no space to stand. But if I knew something like that was happening to a student, I would be, by, you know, fighting. And I feel like that mom was just like, oops. Submissive. Yeah, I well, mean, it makes me think that she probably had some mental health issues as well. I mean, I just don't understand how you could – even if you, your faith and your religion was like, you're submissive to your husband. Like, that's how you thought that that that's how you should act. I don't know how like morally you could let all that slide if you didn't have some sort of mental health issues. Right. Probably. I don't know. I, mean, I, think I there's... Oh, go ahead. Kristen. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, w- I was just going to say, I think, I think it's difficult though, because, you know, there are cults and there are people with like really extremist beliefs and ways of living and I don't think it always means that there's a mental health issue like I know what you're saying about her dad but I don't know I think I think people really get into like these they can get into like deeply entrenched views and kind of like conspiracy theorists right Mm -hmm. like people really go down that road I mean we're having we're having issues with a lot of conspiracy theories in our country and our culture right now in America. So um, I think that sometimes for us, we want to feel like maybe it's something else, 
But I think actually people really can be this way, which I think is a tough pill to swallow sometimes. I I agree. And I was also thinking about, you know, was the mom sort of stuck in a cycle of emotional violence in a sense, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Where it's really hard to get out or to think straight or um, so I don't know. I feel like there were some elements of that that were causing her to sort of take the stance that she did or not take a stance and just let things things go and it had been so long like they had been married for so long that that ended up being her way of life and so yeah okay so have any of you guys watched the maid on netflix not yet no oh it's so good i keep waiting to be in the right mental state you do it's very intense and it's very real and it is you know many people in our country face what the the woman does but I did sort of think back to one of the things you know the 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 show is basically showing this mom of a young daughter who was in an abusive relationship and experienced homelessness several times and her trying to sort of make it the system was kind of stacked against her and you know, they're basically showing what real life looks like for somebody in that situation. But, you know, she ends up in a domestic violence shelter, finally, and she befriends another um, woman who seems to have gotten out of her abusive relationship. But then one night, the woman disappears in the middle of the night, and she goes to the to the woman who runs the shelter and was like, why did she leave? She was, you know, she said all the right things. She was doing all the right things. And the woman in the shelter is like, it takes women seven times mm. before they actually get out. Like they, mm. something draws them back in. And so I, I kind of wondered that about the mom in, in, I'm forgetting her name, Tara's mom in the story. I can't remember. I don't know that they I ever, don't feel like they mentioned her mentioned, name. Yeah. Wow. Seven times. Um, that's a really good point, Kristen. And also they're in like the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know? So like, I feel like it would be a lot harder to try to, get out when you're like in the middle of the mountains and there's not a lot of places to go other than your grandma in town's house, you know? Yeah. Okay. But you guys watch the maid. It's so good. Somebody told me to read the book first. Yeah. I mean, that's probably right. I didn't know there was a book. I just, I didn't either in one day and I could literally had to watch it every single night till I could get through it. Cause it's you're on the edge of your seat. I couldn't even fold laundry during it. That's usually what I do when I watch TV. Oh, it's the best to get laundry yeah. done. You're like, yes. I'm doing something productive and right. I get to like- But not during the show. Me. I could not. I was literally had to watch the whole time. Oh, I, I shouldn't say I can't watch it at night because we're watching Yellowstone right now and holy intense. Like, geez, it's like too much to watch right before bed. But when else do you watch TV? That's it. I know. <sighs> Oh my goodness. I'm curious um, for anybody listening, you guys will have to leave us like notes in the, on the page, like thought your thoughts on, on everything, because we'd love to hear what you think as well. I, I had a question for everyone um, on the title of the book, which might seem a little unusual, but I wanted to know how you all felt about it relating to the content because 
personally, I felt a little bit of a misalignment, if I'm honest. Um, I thought that, you know, she goes into a lot of depth around obviously her experiences with her family. There is quite a lot of abuse that is explained and described from her dad and her brother, whether that's mental or physical or emotional. Um, I kind of felt that there was something missing on that education side. Like, yes, we learn about her pursuit of education, but for me personally, I felt like there was some missing links there on um, what are the takeaways from her? I felt like it was more us learning some of her experiences and not for me enough about what what has she learned? Like what what has that, what what is that education piece for her personally? Yeah, that's a really good point. But maybe she's, maybe it's the title now I'm kind of thinking about the title because that is a really interesting point, but it is showing the journey of her ultimately becoming educated, right? Or yeah, what is I education, think, right? Yeah, like her, yeah. I mean, mm. I was just going to say, like, I think for me, it, it kind of made it seem like there was like a period at the end of that sentence, mm. whereas like education is obviously ongoing and it's like you don't mm. stop learning right mm -hmm. and so I, I don't know there was just I just felt some disconnects where I was like I don't know what she's taken away and maybe she doesn't know because she might still be processing you know a lot of her life experiences but yeah I just I just felt a little disconnected from that no I totally see what you're saying I guess I guess my thought when when I read the title after I read the book as well my thought was educated like where that education took her compared to like all of her siblings who stayed on the mountain and like what that like line was. But also I have to wonder, like considering that three of them got their doctorates, like there's some like genes in this blood, right? Like these are some smart people and um, like maybe even if the the four that stayed on the mountain didn't grow up in that situation. They maybe they would have grown up and done blue collar work regardless of what that is. So it's like, I don't know, but I, I think that like when she says educated, it's like that got me out of the mountain. And so like, that was the point of naming it that I don't know though. That's where my mind went. What if it's all the different ways in which she was ed educated to lead to the end? So mm -hmm. maybe instead of looking through it from the lens of traditional education, it was how she was educated as a young child, those early memories, and how she was educated when she was having the issues with the brother, and how she was educated when doing the plays and the dancing and the singing. Maybe it's those little moments of what she was learning along the way and picking up along the way. Her education was what led, because she has discipline and man, does she have wherewithal and resilience more so than many. But maybe that's, I mean, just trying to think of how to frame it. Also, um, there's also a trend right now for one single title name books. Oh, really? I mean, if mm. you go look at everything that's published in the last three to five years, there's like a, I feel like there's a trend. Well, you it makes you wonder too what she would have done with, 
her gifts and talents had she grown up in a more privileged environment like most of us probably grew up in? Would she have gone on to get her doctor or would she would have been like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, would she have had that drive to work so hard or would she have known how to work hard? That's a good question. You know, a lot of, a lot of, when I was reading this book, I was thinking of the whole like nature versus nurture Mm. um, discussions, you know, of like, what really does impact us? You know, what does motivate us? How do we get ideas even, right? Um, So yeah, I think that's a great question. I don't, yeah. And yeah. I really loved reading the book knowing we were going to talk about it. They, they, yeah because I had read it by myself and I went back to like leaf through it and just familiarize myself with the plot and everything all over again and it I remember the first time reading it I couldn't wait to read but I wasn't going to try to explain it to my husband <laughs> <laughs> oh I've tried to talk to I've taught I've like brought it up a million times to my husband I always bring up books to him though and he's like I know he doesn't care same but you want to talk to your person about it, about it right yeah, you do like I always am like I'm reading this book. And so now that's like their joke whenever my students are imitating me. I'm reading this book because I'm always so excited about some book I'm reading. Well, we have to pick out our next book. But before we do that, we'll, for the sake of time, we'll, we'll move forward. But does anybody else have any closing statements they want to say about Educated? We have to get her on the podcast. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's all I have to Come say. On, someone better work on it. <laughs> And I then, mean, if Oprah can do it, surely we can, right? Right. <laughs> That's all. The whole time I was that. reading the book, I was like, I have so many questions I need to ask her. So we I need her like on. I feel like she late, like keeps a low profile. Yeah. Go Which is, it. but that it. might be it to our advantage. That's there true. Like, oh yeah, I'll go on this dinky little yeah. podcast. <laughs> all right, so let's ask our uh, the people watching this one to either a tell us what they thought about the book, or b tell us what questions you'd want to ask mm. her, so we can have yeah. some ammunition. Like we have a x number of questions generated from the listeners they want to hear you totally thanks so much for listening to this bonus book club episode take a second right now and comment what did you take away from this book what questions do you have if we can get the author on the show and stay tuned for the next book club episode coming your way sometime the first week of january it's going to be a good one i am a girl from africa we'll see you then